Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today I'm joined with Twan. Hey Twan. Hello. And Isam is here as well. Hey Isam. Hey everybody. Today we'll be talking about the fourth round of the X2O Badkamers Trophy, which took place in Herentals. A brand new parkour to replace Loonhout, which was unfortunately cancelled. What did you guys think about the new parkour here? Because personally, I loved it. Yeah, it was a very, uh, very nice parkour. I think it was it was very long, almost 3.5 kilometers, I think. Um, I really liked that they were in an environment with the ski berg, um, or the ski mountain, if you would translate it. Uh, correctly, it's not a ski mountain anymore, but it was back in the day in the 70s. I, I I really liked it. There was a lot of variation, a lot of corners, but everybody came to its rights. The power, the technique, everything. So it was a very, I would say, a very complete parkour, and again, a very good job from the organizers. Yeah, I was quite surprised by the parkours as well. I think it's a really nice course. I expected. Uh, something with more climbing than we actually got but I, I think this was a really nice combination um, and uh, I hope we'll see this in the coming years as well uh, definitely a great addition to the calendar I thought it was a bit of a mix if you would compare it to other parkourses maybe the first part you could compare it a bit to Heus de Zolder not a lot of elevation but some elevation in there some fast corners a bit of fast sections and then the second part with the mountain the uphill and downhill i mean it somewhat comes close to the climbing part and downhill part we had in fuji a couple of years ago but and yeah i mean that cross does, isn't held anymore when i looked at the onboard it reminded me of baal for a bit but that was mainly down to the weather and the weather really played a crucial role here as well because it made the first part even harder without that it would have been a different parkour and perhaps a different race as well Yes, uh, I, I think the the weather changed it for the better, maybe. But I think that even in dry circumstances, this this would have been a great parkour, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, and I think it should definitely be here to st- to stay. The riders loved it, and if you look at some others like Sven Nice and the commentators, they also loved it. So I think it should definitely be here to stay and get a place on the calendar for next season. Then let's go straight into the racing. Isam, tell us about the men's race. The men's race, indeed. We had uh, Van Aert back. Pitcock was not available today, but we had Van Der Poel. So we were looking ahead to a battle, and a battle it was. Uh, into the first corner was Van Der Poel that wanted to have that lead. Van Aert close behind. Uh, Van Turenhout had a very good start, and it were those three that were playing a big role in the first few laps. Van Aert made a crucial mistake in changing his bike in the first lap already. Van der Poel got a gap and um, Van Turnout came in between them. Uh, Van Aert had to chase Van der Poel back. He did that. Then he changed bikes again. Van der Poel put him on the pressure. And, you know, they were playing a little bit within 10 to 6 seconds. Uh, at a certain moment, I was thinking that Van der Poel was gone. But Van Aert uh, made that gap close again. And it, it stayed a little bit uh, in between those 10, 6 seconds. Um, and then for Vanderpool, uh, unfortunately, he had a puncture uh, midway through the race, uh, and he had a long way to go to change his bike. Uh, Van Aert got him back, um, came into the lead, and gained from that puncture almost 30 seconds. Uh, from that moment, the race was run. Uh, unfortunately for us, a duel was taken away, and Van Aert was just able to take that uh, advantage uh, home and uh, to win. Uh, in his uh, almost home race because it's only 3.8 kilometers away from his uh, from his house so you know 
Um, but it was Van Aert in first, and it was uh, Vanderpool in second, and Van Turnhout actually a very strong race in in third place. Well, of course, the crucial part in this race was the moment that Van der Poel punctured. Van Aert after the race said, "I didn't see he had a puncture when I caught him. I went to the to the um, to the lead of the race to not give Van der Poel a rest, but when I opened the gap, I knew he had a puncture." And he said, "I, w- I started too soft. That's why he changed bikes and he upped his tire pressures twice." But at the end, I think it's very unfortunate unfortunate for the race one, and I think for Van der Poel as well. Because I do think he was slightly stronger than Van Aert. It wasn't much, but I do think that he had um, been cruising a bit, like yo-yoing the gap, then to 6, then to 10, then to 6 again, back to 11. And I do think he had something, just these 1 or 2% extra, as you could see at the hill, which he could come to the top, which Van Aert couldn't. Um, yeah, I think we're robbed of a... Uh... An interesting duel today between Van Aert and Van der Poel is very unfortunate. Um, Van Aert, of course, deserving this victory. Um, riding a very strong race and he was able to pounce on uh, on the puncture of Van der Poel. And yeah, Van der Poel uh, went into cruise control after knowing full well that the uh, difference in uh, skills today just wasn't big enough to close half a minute. Uh, I, I think that... Uh, speaks for itself and that it would have been uh, an interesting last few laps yeah i think in the technical parts featherpool was uh, a little bit stronger it was not much though i think that van aert was taking a lot of risks as well and he was going quite well through the corners uh i think the running section uh, w- long uphill running section was you know really a van aert uh, part of the of, of, of the parkour i think that 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 van aert was uh, very close uh, if not equal to Vanderpool, because he kept that gap uh, very consistent, and I think that that showed that uh, Van Aert was on the level of Vanderpool. Uh, so I think most people will live with this result, and uh, I think it's just a well-deserved victory for Van Aert. It's definitely good for his confidence, but I do think that Van der Poel, even though Van Aert was keeping the gap the same, I think Van der Poel usually does this. He keeps them hanging at the same amount. He tries to cover their pace. If they accelerate, he accelerates. If they slow down a bit, he slows down a bit. I think he, just like yesterday, was maybe already thinking about the other races. Of course, Van Aert made it harder than Hermans did yesterday, but I do think that if it would really have come down to a battle... Of course, it's all speculating, but I do think that Van der Poel would then still pretty comfortably have won with around 10 to 15 seconds, mainly due to the fact that the that the, th- second, the first time of that uh, ski hill, that he was able to ride to the top and Van Aert always needed to walk. And it was about five, six seconds every time and Van Aert made up for it on the straights. But I do think in the last lap, that could have been a crucial moment. I think that if you if you if you look at the race in, in the end, um, that if you would le- look back at Namen and Amur, I think that there it was shown that uh, Van der Poel still has a little bit the edge over Van Aert. Today we didn't see that battle, so it's very hard to speculate on that. Um, but I I really do agree with the fact that you know Van der Poel did a race yesterday. Uh, he did Essen. Van Aert didn't. So you know those elements really play a big role and this is what you're gonna see more often in in this part of the season people are gonna make choices and for Vanderpool especially it's gonna be a very busy next year because he's going to be on the road uh focusing on the classics and the tour de france but he's also going to focus on his mountain biking uh, and he needs to finish this cyclocross season with the world cups uh, with the world championships so 
you know, everybody has his own goals at this point, and uh, some choose to uh, pick the races a little bit better than others. However, these two, they were really a class above the rest today. I mean, Van Aert wins with 35 seconds over Van der Poel. And then in third, we find Michael Van Tournaut, 1 minute 32 down already. But nevertheless, I mean, it's a big time difference. But Van Tournaut, he rode a pretty good race. In the beginning, he was still able to keep up with them. But then ultimately falling back a bit. But I think Van Tournaut is clearly the strongest of the Paul Sauzer guys at the moment. Yeah, I think it's been a couple of bad starts for Eastbeat. Uh, maybe uh, not necessarily a wrong tire choice, a different tire choice today. Uh, doesn't quite seem to have paid off as he would have liked. And uh, yeah, Von Thurnout again uh, showing that he is able to stick with uh, Van der Poel and Van Aert the longest out of uh, well all the guys that were there from the start of the season. You already mentioned it that Easy didn't have the best start, but what is this with Easy Because every time that Van der Poel seems to line up on the start line, he seems to mess up his start and then needing to overcompensate for that. And this race in the beginning, I thought, oh yeah, he's going to close that gap. When he finally passed David Van der Poel, he was up into fourth. Then you were thinking, okay, maybe he can bridge the gap, but instead of bridging the gap, he got overtaken by others. I mean, is it some kind of mental thing that he is too eager to show himself against Van der Poel? It might, it might be coincidence um, because we have seen this tendency by Easterbeat. Uh, it's not the first time. Last season he had a little bit the same problem. Uh, very strong beginning of the season, but then it, it went down a little bit. The shape was not really where it should have been. And maybe it's the same issue again. Of course, I think that the return of those big guys uh, will not make his life easy. You would now have, uh, in the beginning, he was probably the strongest out there but now you have three four five guys you know that can be in front of him um this changes the whole game and then you have to probably uh look different into the race maybe he's not doing that i don't know uh but i think it's also just a shape issue because you don't finish uh so far behind only because of a bad start you can always come back a little bit i think he didn't do that today so it might also just be that you, if you're not racing for the win, your race changes completely, and then you have to uh, you have to bring yourself, pep yourself mentally up to try to to be to to have a good result. Tom, could it also be tiredness that is kicking in? Because of course he's been racing for wins ever since the start of the season, and that's almost two two and a half months or something like that. And there's a lot of races now, so could it be some tiredness that is kicking in for Easerbeat? I'm I'm not sure it would be. Uh, it might play a little factor, but I think uh, there there's a lot of mental stuff involved there uh, because it it can't quite be that he is targeting this month, uh, which he said at the start of the season, I think, and then it just kind of drops off like this. Uh, I I think we have seen worse starts from him. Uh, in, in during the season, but he was always ma- able to make up for it because uh, he he was one of the strongest or the strongest in the field. And I think with Van der Poel and Van Aert, that that's a lot tougher uh, on him as well because I, I think he knows he needs like a near perfect race to actually uh, be in with a shot of winning, and it's just not quite happening for him now. And yeah, it's 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 not looking all that good. It always seems to go a little wrong when he knows he's out of the running for uh, victory. 
Let's take a look at the entire top 10 then. Behind the podium that we already discussed of Van Aert, Van der Poel, Van Toornout, we find Toon Aerts in front of Izebiet, Zweig, Hermans. Then two Dutch riders in the persons of Van der Haaren, Van Kessel and Johnny Vermeers rounds off the top 10. Let's go back to the number 4 of the top 10, Toon Aerts. Um, again, not a great race for him, but we understand that there is a bit more towards his slightly worse performance. Yesterday's podcast, we already mentioned it, that he um, had been hit by a van on uh, training before Namur. Him, he himself is playing it down, but his team manager Sven Nijs said his uh, whole right leg is blue and it's turning black now. So uh, he definitely thinks that that is a reason that Donarts is not performing as well as you would expect him to do. But nevertheless, a fourth place. Not bad, especially considering that injury that he has. Yeah, I think uh, his body was, of course, in a recovery period right now. And he's going to miss like a percent here or there. And I, I think it's an impressive performance what he did today, beating Ezerbeat, uh, someone that he has struggled with throughout the season. And, uh, well, he, he isn't 100% right now, and uh, it looks promising, even though he is two minutes behind um, the winner today, of course. Then the rest of the top 10 is mainly filled with names that we're quite used to seeing there. Only in 10th, Johnny Vermeers, it's a step better for him. He ends in 10th. I would like to briefly discuss his performance and the performance of Tim Merlier, who ended 22nd. What do we guys think about the performances of Vermeers and Merlier? I think Johnny Vermeers is slowly going where he needs to be. Uh, a 10th place today, very promising. Uh, and I think we'll uh, see him uh, start battling for like seventh place as the season goes on. Um, whereas Merlier really isn't going the right way. Um, it seems that it is just not working out for him so far. Uh, had a DNF in Gavre and again, uh, not, uh, not, not again, but again, not able to make the top 15 actually. And I, this is a bit troubling. Of course, this was just his third race back. So maybe he needs a few more. But th this isn't going very well. Whereas last season, he really seemed to have made a step um, to really becoming one of the top five guys in the field. Yeah, I think for, for Mears, it's going to be encouraging such a race. Um, for for Mears, uh, I mean. And for Malir, yeah, it's, it's, it's not looking good. Um but I think that for him, of course, the focus last year has been on the road mainly. Uh, so maybe that has played a part in it. And for him, his biggest goal is going to be the Tour de France. So I think he's with other uh, things in his mind uh, during the cyclocross uh, season. I would have to agree. I think he's really transformed into this road sprinter. And it's just not given for everyone to be like Van Aert or Van der Poel. Then let's go and talk about the women's race where it was a decent race here. Twan, tell us about it. Uh, we had another quick start where the three main woman, women of this season split off. It was Alvarado, Brandt and Betsma who were going to make out uh, who was going to be the winner today. And in a rather surprising turn of events, it was uh, uh, Celine Del Carmen Alvarado who started pushing the pace. And it was Brandt that was chasing her down. And it looked to be uh, going back to like Boom where Brandt was playing with her a little and closing the gap. But... Uh, a few quick mistakes in succession really opened up the gap for Alvarado and she would come home victorious with Brandt in second place with uh, Denise Betsma really not too far behind her either. 
So the crucial part in this race was for me the moment that Brandt crashed. You could see that Brandt was actually catching the gap that Alvarado um, had opened. It was 11, 13 seconds at some point. Then it went down to 4. But then she made that crash in the second downhill of the ski bear. Really the crucial point. Um, what do you think that happened there? Was it maybe just a bit too eager there that she really wanted to close those last 2 or 3 seconds? Yeah, I think so. I mean... Um... She was taking quite a lot of um, risks, in my opinion, in, in some parts, which I would say that it was not necessary. And I think, you know, when you're used to winning a lot, um, it's it's a switch in your mind to make uh, if you are chasing down. And I, I think she was struggling a little bit with the fact that she had to chase down this time. I think Alvarado just uh, made optimal use of all the technical uh, sections that were in the parkours and she really was able to put Brandt under pressure. Um, whereas I, I don't think uh, we've had this kind of technical parkour uh, this often in like the past month where Brandt was able to uh, basically keep on winning the whole time. So I think this was a uh, very, very solid performance by Alvarado. I think for Alvarado, the real difference was that she was actually able to ride up the first time they went up the ski berg, that part where Brandt every lap needed to walk, Betsma needed to walk two out of four times, but Alvarado made it up three out of the four times, and Brandt in the following descent, she absolutely sent it. That was like crazy downhill, maximum risk, and also maximum reward, because every lap she took like a few seconds there, that was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I, I think uh, actually she was uh, faster than uh, than than a lot of than a lot of uh, guys that were running at the men's race in that downhill. There was a lot of risks and fair play that she didn't make uh, that many mistakes there. So, you know, she really, you know, she really did everything to come back. Took a lot of risks, but in the end, it was she came just a little bit short. It also really shows that she made that step in the cyclocross to improve her technique because a few years ago she would have maybe gone down a bit more uh, the way as Yara Kostlein went down with a lot of fear and very slow and losing seconds there. But I think that really pays off. But it's also good that Alvarado takes the win here. Um, in the interview we figured out that in Leuven, if you remember back, that was her last win a couple of weeks ago. She crashed in that race as well. And actually she was injured, and at least I hadn't heard about that, but she was injured, and for two weeks she almost did no training. After 20 minutes she was home because her knee was hurting, was what she said. So that was why she was trailing, but she's finally gotten back to training, is what she said in the interview, and now she takes the win here. So I think we could be in for some more battles with Alvarado, Brandt and Betsema for the rest of the season. Yeah, true, but uh, about that injury, I think that really harmed her a little bit, because you could see that after Leuven it didn't go the way she wanted it to go I guess uh, and she had to wait a long while to get again a victory these type of races really suits her we could have seen it um, also the, the victories that she took in, 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 in Brussels uh, when she when she won in Bau you know she likes it when it's when it's raining when there are a lot of technical coordinates in it and you know a little bit um, it's a kind of mountain bike parkour it's actually a mountain bike parkour when there is no racing on it so you know, I I think the the race really suited her, and then on top of that, if you feel very good, then you know it's 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 going to be a lot easier to to win a race. Then let's take a look at the entire top ten. Then behind Alvarado, Brandt, and Betsmaat was Honsinger in front of Kant, Vosbakker, Kastelein, and Vos in the ninth in front of Fem van Empel, who ended tenth. So there's some pretty 
interesting names here i'm not going to discuss all of them because then this podcast is going to be one hour long but behind betsema we saw clara hunsinger fourth place a pretty good performance especially after her 11th place yesterday in essen and the commentators of Belgium, they were slightly downplaying or saying that she could only do good on climbing courses, but she definitely showed here that definitely that's not the case. She just had, once again, a bad start and managed to come to the front, and fourth place is definitely a good performance by her. I, I think uh, call, uh, just giving her credit for doing well on climbing courses is setting her short. She's a very good ridester. Of course, she really excels. Um, on the climbing course, uh, this is really where she can r- go toward the top three. Um, and I, I think today uh, the climbing parts helped her as well, of course, in catching up with some people. Uh, we, we didn't really get to see all too much of her race, but uh, a very good performance getting her that fourth place. You could actually say the same for the two riders behind her as well, Kant and Vos. Vos coming all the way from the fourth or fifth starting row, then ending sixth. Also good overtakes by her. And Sanne Kant, fifth there. I do have to say it is a perfect parkour for her in her backyard, but nevertheless, a fifth place. This is definitely one of the better Kants I've seen this season so far. Yeah, I think a very good performance from Sanne Kant. Um, uh, she was really good in the top five there. Uh, you see that she really likes when it becomes muddy, when it's a hard parkour. She really gets in her element and she really loves these kind of you know races. Uh, so I think for her, she's hoping for a little bit more rain in the next few days. So the remainder of the season will also be very hard and she can uh, maybe get some couple more top fives. Bit further in the top 10, we see a solid race by Bakker. Kastelijn fell back quite far, where they said her technique definitely hampered here. And in 9th and 10th, we saw decent performances by Voss and Van Empel. Kind of around the place where they usually are. But if you take a look at yesterday, yesterday we talked about some riders as Arzufi and Riberol, that the race of yesterday could have helped them to get some more confidence. And today you could see that 13th and 14th, it's still not in the top 10 where you would expect them to be in normal conditions, but it's definitely better than it was before when they were somewhere around 20th place. Yeah, it's nice to see, especially for Norbert Ribrol. Uh, she has to defend her uh, U23 title uh, in Ostendo, of course. And uh, for, for large parts of the season, it really hasn't looked like she was worthy of that title in Dubendorf. Uh, but is it finally coming closer to that form uh, with which she was able to grab that? Then I think we've had it all for today's uh, racing. Twan and Isan, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me on. And with that said, there is more cyclocross waiting around the corner. This Saturday is the Super Prestige in Heus de Zolder. And on Sunday is a brand new World Cup held in Dendermonde. We'll be taking a look ahead at this in a preview episode. Where we'll be actually previewing on both episodes. And that will come online on Friday morning. If you missed yesterday's podcast about the ATS Cross and Esse, you can also check that out on YouTube or any audio platform that you want under the name Cyclocross Social. I would like to thank every single one of you for listening and have a very Merry Christmas and we'll see you with more Cyclocross news. Goodbye.